Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, and that is the one and only Brian Smith. Brian Smith is a PhD, he's a founder and senior managing partner of IA Business Advisors. If you haven't heard of them, it's a management consulting firm that's worked with more than 18,000 CEOs, entrepreneurs, managers, employees, uh, the works worldwide. Uh, together with his daughter, Mary Griffin, uh, he has authored his latest book, I'd love to dive into this, Individual Influence, Finding the I in Team, which shares how to become our best self with everyone we influence. Brian, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'd love to just open up with your story. Tell us a little bit about how you got into coaching and why. Thanks, Scott. Um, You know, it was really just the evolution of being a business advisor. And as we uh, affected change and disrupted organizations with our business processes and our uh, tactical work, you know, that affected the operations of business, um, we were simultaneously affecting the behavior of leaders, managers, and employees. And it just became a regular byproduct of our engagements with our clients over time that we really refined because of the number of engagements we were having both uh, locally, regionally, nationally, and then internationally. So we developed this depth and breadth of understanding of of, uh, human reaction and human action in change-based environments and put it together and started offering leadership and coaching to our clients. Fantastic. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about uh, IA Business Advisors and what you would say is the most important work that you guys do. Yeah, I think the most important work we do is helping humans interact with process and technology in a more positive way, Um, allowing humans to understand each other and the challenges we have with each other with those outside influences technology is moving so rapidly which means processes are moving so rapidly demand is raised from human to human from human to technology because we're now interfacing with technology we do a very good job of slowing it down uh adding context to both the human process and technology side and helping people engage better and work together better 
Yeah, that's fantastic because I, in my experience, I've found a lot of people see technology as kind of a solution in and of itself. It's kind of like if we had the right, whatever it is, CRM, ERP, uh, you know, funnel system, whatever it may be, we, we kind of look to that as the silver bullet or the, the, the knight in shining armor that's going to kind of save the day for us. But again, in my experience, a large number of those fail, maybe not outright, but they fail to achieve what you really set out to accomplish. Why do you think so many of those technology kind of applications or programs uh, or implementations is the word I'm looking for? Why don't they pan out the way that we expect? Yeah, well, I think the expectation is up front is that I'm going to buy this. I'm going to turn it on and it's going to immediately start to solve uh, the problems in our organizations. What most of our clients fail to take into account is they're not in the change management business. They're in the selling widget business, the whatever they do. I don't care if you're a doctor or a lawyer, or if you sell products to a consumer or a business, you're in that business. That is the context of your life. It's not this new system that you're trying to implement. And that system becomes a disruptor. That disruption becomes a, a nuisance and we fall back on the habits, the human habits we have of how we do business. And what we've learned is that we will alter that. We will choose the parts that help us now. We'll ignore the parts that might not help us now. And we create this mess. And most of the time, as you pointed out, the mess becomes part of the day and the day becomes habit. And we just live with it. And it is a uh, unha unhealthy and unhappy relationship between this new technology we bought that works about 15 to 20 percent of the time. The other 80 percent of the time, we just fall back into the old habits we had to begin with. Yeah. And what do... Um... What do folks so they, they've kind of had enough and and maybe they'll at that point they recognize you know your organization someone like you can help right what do you find leads them to that point what do they try before they bring in someone like you well well they tried other providers uh self management um, going back to a prior process that worked a lot of changing personnel, you know, a lot of things in human environments that happens is blame. Uh, egos get in the way and there's always, as humans, we want to blame. We want justification. Uh, we want to point out that there was a reason why we failed and it wasn't us. So we look somewhere else. So we, we change personnel. Uh, we change vendors. We change customers. Um, we create more chaos. And when it becomes... Uh, when the chaos gets to the top or to a decision maker that we tend to have a relationship with. So it, it might be the owner. It might be maybe the CPA who services the owner. It might be a lawyer who services uh, the company. It might be an insurance person. They recommend us and we slow everything down and try to, using our methodologies, try to understand where the breaking point was. What was the root cause? and then build from there. Mm. And how do you differentiate that? Because I, I think a lot of folks struggle with it, especially in kind of younger, more entrepreneurial organizations. Uh, we struggle with 
how much of this is I got the wrong person doing an implementation, you know, or, you know, maybe I've created the wrong environment for them for decision making, or maybe we've picked the wrong technology, or maybe it's just a bad implementation and we need to rewind. How do you help people decipher the difference in what the actual root cause is? Yeah, for us, we use a, a, a process called BizVision, and it is a very structured uh, data collection process that asks, oh, it's upwards of a couple hundred questions. Those questions are oftentimes redundant. Uh, uh, they're redundant for a reason. But what we're doing is, is we're peeling the onion through the human into the process and technologies and looking for those key indicators that identify to us through experience and, and, and uh, what we've done for the last 26 years, those breaking points, those root causes. And then once we identify that root cause, we look for all of the ripple effects around it. And we we generally find more than one root cause. It's a bundling or a commingling of root causes that have created this ultimate you know, failure in the organization uh, that led us to this conversation that that you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I think that's fascinating because a lot of times going back to your uh, comment on blame, right? We, we want to blame people, but we also want to blame a problem. We, we have a desire to simplify what's going on, which to an extent is appropriate, right? Occam's razor and, you know, most truth is simple, but it's also not singular, you know, more often than not, there's multiple things and it's the inner relationship between those that's causing the problems that they're having. So you read a book that's talking all about this one topic and you're like, oh, I resonate. Yeah, I recognize that. I've got all the symptoms. Well, it's like, well, 19 things have that symptom, right? And uh, it was kind of like when COVID first hit, you know, I was like, what are these? It's like anything that you could possibly have was a COVID symptom. It, that, that's a lot of times what it's like inside our businesses is we're looking at all these different symptoms. And even if we do the heavy lifting of trying to get to a root cause, I found a lot of people will make the mistake of looking for one root cause. And you can solve that, but it may not move the needle. What's What's been your experience there? Yeah, you know, we notice through our process that as we start to ask questions, the problems can bubble the top quite quickly. And as soon as the first one comes to the top, the people want to gravitate to it. Yep, that's the problem. And they want to stop the Q&A process. They want to stop the research process and pivot immediately because they think they found the problem. So you're right. They do gravitate towards those symptoms quickly. And then they want to jump on those symptoms quickly. That's where the slowdown process comes in. Slow down and go through the entire data collection process. Let's put the whole picture together so that we have full context. Any symptom out of context can mean almost anything. So having full context for us is so important. And one of our biggest challenges is that slowdown moment mm -hmm. so that we have that clear vision, that clear context of the organization and the humans technology and processes within the organization so that we can properly diagnose the symptom and understand it more clearly. And you keep using the phrase slow down, which is probably nails on the chalkboard for, <laughs> for a lot of our folks listening. It was like, the, that's the last thing that I wanted, right? I was hiring you guys to help us speed up. Uh, so talk to us a little bit because I'm with you on this. Uh, 
like why slow down? Why is it so important to slow down? Yeah, so it's funny, uh, Scott. Slow down is the biggest chapter in our book. So big, in fact, that our publisher made us split it into two parts. Um, and they asked us why it was the biggest part. It is because it's the biggest problem. Um, one of the things I always revert back to was my dissertation. Back in 99, I started writing my dissertation, and it's titled Technology-Induced Attention Deficit Disorder. And this was before Facebook and before social media. It was just the beginning of technology creating fast in our environment, you know. And uh, I knew back then that we were going to have a speed of thought problem and a speed of expectation problem. Slowdown is so important because we make more mistakes going fast that create more problems for us than if we had slowed down in the future. Um, there's a lot of studies that support this. Like, for instance, speeding. You know, if I drive faster, I'll get from point A to point B faster. And when they measured somebody who went faster, they learned that they actually didn't arrive any faster, but they arrived with a lot more risk. Mm -hmm. uh, risk of tickets, risk of accidents. Well, you can apply those studies to human behavior in the office. If I'm going fast, I might miss a key text or a key phrase in a document or a, a key instruction from somebody, or I might miss a key part of a, an assembly process or a listening process or a speaking process. And going fast creates risk and creates mistakes that have a ripple effect that are unintended and that we don't know where they're going to go or what they're going to do. So mm. slowing down is the foundation of having viable uh, communication, viable business, viable relationships, everything. And I don't mean slow it down to a back to a point where we disrupt uh, workflow, just to a point where we dot the I's, cross the T's, ask the right questions, get smart answers. Uh, we use smart a lot, get smart answers to the business problems that face us. Right. Would you say uh, that there's a point where the end result of slowing down is ultimately the ability to speed up? Yeah. Um, the environments that we are in, including our own, that use slowdown as a foundation of action actually perform more efficiently and faster than their peers. Um, our office is a good example of that. Uh, we have eight companies in these offices. There's less than 30 people in these offices, yet we manage literally thousands and thousands of transactions a day with the different organizations we have. But we all go at the same slow down type of speed and we get way more done our gna cost um the efficiency of our team here is oftentimes double triple that of our peers in, in wow. like organizations wow 
Well, and I think that's the that's the real thing that makes it worth it, right? If it was slow down unto slowing down, that might be a really nice academic exercise, uh, right? But you're not going to get a whole lot of business leaders that can buy into that. But having worked with 18,000 CEOs, entrepreneurs, like you're working with people and teaching them a process that they can not only come to appreciate, but love and and enjoy and see the benefits of. And, and I, I think you're so right. And, and, um, you know, this idea of slowing down so you can speed up. We had a guest on a couple months ago who, uh, or maybe even a couple weeks ago, who had mentioned uh, that uh, we can replace activity with progress or or vice versa, right? We can, we can mistake activity for progress or for, uh, you know, doing for insight. And, uh, and we just end up spinning our wheels and spinning our wheels. And I think it propagates this myth that to be in business is to be overworked and exhausted and hustle and, and do all of these things. And we kind of pat ourselves on the back, righteously exhausted at the end of the day, but it was a problem of our own making. Would you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. You know, There's a lot of organizations we go into and people look very busy, but when you look at them from a productivity, uh, when you start to measure productivity, when you apply smart to the analysis process, you know, tell us specifically what you're doing. Let us measure it. You know, tell us what you're doing that's attainable for you or for somebody else. And and, and do you have realistic goals and, and, and are you timely in what you're doing? When we apply that to the Q&A process, we learn what you just pointed out. People are going fast and spinning their wheels and, and doing things that are amazingly unproductive. Right, right. Um, uh, I had a, a question and it just completely uh, left my mind. But um, oh, here it is. So. I can hear the pushback on this, right? For for some of the folks listening. And that's like, if I go slow, I'm going to get left behind, right? Or uh, like, there's lots of organizations who go slow, who do this whole analysis thing, and I'm beating them every day, right? Uh, they're, and they're thinking of these kind of large bureaucratic organizations. Is there a point where organizations kind of systematically take slow down too far and miss the trigger point to speed up? Or how do you how do you differentiate between those? Yeah, I, I, there is. You know, you can overprocess things. You can uh, make things too complex in the slowdown uh, environment, and that's again gets back to putting the, the question: What am I slowing down? Put down that. Put that question into context. What is it that I'm slowing down, and why am I slowing it down? You know, there are certain things that go fast that should go fast. There are certain people in an organization that move quickly that should move quickly. So slow down is relative to the person, the process, and the technology and the reward or the benefit that they bring and their function brings to your organization. So we're not talking about apply slow down universally to everything. It's you know, look at your organization, look at where the mistakes are happening, look at where the opportunities are being overstepped, look at where dollars are being stepped over to pick up dimes, look at where uh, communications are being lost or missed, and find a way to slow those areas of your business down so you stop uh, creating these gaps and missing these opportunities. Mm, Yeah, that's excellent. 
Uh, so this is a moment I've been waiting for. It's my favorite part of the show. And I, I know uh, our listeners have, have come to expect it. So we're going to give the people what they want here. Uh, and so I'd love to ask you, uh, what is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret? What's the one thing that you wish every leader, entrepreneur, you know, business owner that was listening today knew? Wow. So, you know, you just spent this entire conversation talking about it. It's this whole slowdown foundation of leadership and management. Um, so answering you with that seems like I'm kind of beating the horse, if you will. But second to that is that every person in your organization has influence and they have a place and you should treat them with that understanding that from what you might deem the lowest position in your organization to the highest, you all have the same level of influence within your organization. And understanding that and applying that knowledge to your team and to those people will elevate you and your organization beyond what you think it can. And I think that's the biggest secret is that everybody has a place, everybody is important, so treat them that way. Yeah, that is so good. Uh, maybe various levels of authority, maybe various levels of power, but everyone carries the same level of influence. That is, uh, that's fantastic advice. Uh, excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, last question, and then we'll we'll talk about how people can get in touch with you because I know there's folks listening. They're like, we we have to have that. Uh, but I've worked with enough coaches and consultants, advisors, folks in that world to know that we have a tendency to kind of put our best energy uh, out for our clients and don't necessarily leave enough on the table for ourselves. So I'm going to have you take off your coach, consultant, advisor hat. I'm going to have you put on your CEO hat and talk to us a little bit about what the next phase of growth looks like for you and IA business advisors? Yeah, for us, as you pointed out, we have a, a book that's out and we are building on that body of work. Our our uh, work is supporting our consulting work, identifying the importance of the individual. And the individual to us is singular one person, but as two people or many people come together, they become an individual together working towards common goals. We are building a broader and bigger body of work around our books that allow us to go out and speak to teams, to associations, to larger organizations and bring to them this understanding of slowing down this new version of individualism and how to apply that to the people process and technology model that we live every day for us and our clients. How do we bring it? We're, we're working on bringing that to uh, to the public through continued public work and a new SaaS that we're developing that actually provides a way to operate your business in this smart biz vision environment that we mm. create. That's fantastic. So uh, I, you've touched on it here a little bit, but I'd love for it to just maybe 60 seconds or so on the, the book and then tell us where we can find it. Yeah, so uh, the I and Team series uh, is the name of our book series. So we okay. will have uh, three books in this series. The first one, Finding the I and Team, is available on Amazon. Um, it comes in all formats, um, Kindle, hardback, audio, a CD. Um, you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. We're really proud of it. Um, it is an international bestseller. It's been on the top of five different categories 
Um, and uh, we're really proud of it. Uh, the second book will be out early next year. We're in the middle of editing and, and getting it ready for uh, publication. And the third one will be out late 23, early 24. That's excellent. Excellent. And uh, in your website, uh, folks want to learn more about you and your services. Yeah, it's uh, iabusinessadvisors.com. And use that same uh, name and you can find us. We're very active on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find us on those. Fantastic. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Amazing conversation. I so enjoyed it. Uh, I, I love what you guys are doing there. I love your message of slowing down. I, I think we just we need you to continue saying it again and again and again. And, and eventually one day we'll hear it. Uh, eventually one day we'll hear it. So keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, it's important work and, and we, we really appreciate it. For those of you who are listening, uh, your time and attention are just the absolute greatest honor that we could receive. And we're so thankful that you spent this time with us. I hope it was as uh, impactful for you as it was for me. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.